0: Every leader has problems. Increasing your leadership intensity won't fix them in a healthy way. You need an increase of clarity. From starting businesses, leading multiple nonprofit organizations, both large and small, and a full family life, Dr. Chris McAllister learned how to shift his thinking to thrive. He will help you order your internal world so you can lead your external world. Welcome to the Site Shift, lead podcast with Chris McAllister. Welcome back to the podcast, folks. We are continuing this series on Seven Mistakes, and uh, it's been a blast to have Brett along for the ride. Uh, Brett, glad to have you again with me.
1: Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. Woo!
0: Uh, So for our listeners, the adventure of us connecting tonight, Uh, our basement flooded, Uh, maybe a few weeks has passed since that happened by the time we post this. And uh, so my office is uh, in disarray because it's in the basement. So I'm in a closet recording this in my house. It's at night, and it's possible that, you know, we could get some uh, intruders to the show here that will make a little cameo.
1: <laughs> and unfortunately, this isn't a video podcast.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, that would be entertaining. And I have the mic a little bit further away from On your end, hearing the mic. Is it good?
1: I... Yeah, I just had a call interrupt us. I ah. forgot about that thing.
0: So, so you won't even have to tell me that. You just do the hit the button and take it off hold, rock and roll. I'll see it going hold, but that's it. Um, awesome, man. Well, I'm sure everybody glad glad to get those details. If you are <laughs> uh, just jumping in, you're going to want to go back and listen to the first three because we're walking through this series. Seven mistakes everybody makes, but few. Learn from. And they really do build on one another. You can listen to these separately, but listening to them as a whole is going to help you understand it at a deeper level. Uh, so, the first mistake we talked about when you don't live from a secure core of who you are, you can't use your problems to grow you. Uh, second, when you're unknowingly driven by fear, you don't know how to tap into happiness regardless of your circumstances. And I went back to that and I was like, ah, we need to soften that. Take out the word happy, make it about meaning or purpose or uh, fulfillment. And I'm like, you know what? No, it is a baseline. You know, on my knees today, cl- uh, cleaning the basement with a pack of Terry cloths, and, you know, getting the mud off. I did not want to be doing that. It's sunny. It's Ohio. I want to be at the pool with my kids. I'd worked, uh, you know, a twelve-hour day by four o'clock or uh, four thirty, and so let me go get after it and uh, and then go play. And there was no play to be had. And I started to feel bitter and rigid. But I had to feel that feeling and uh, understand what it was like to then move to this third mistake when you're internally distracted. You miss the important signals. You just get sucked into the noise. And so the noise of the moment could have made me uh, just really pissy. And um, today, what we're gonna do is take it a little further to that fourth mistake when you are blindly focused on the goal. You cannot regain motivation. You lose motivation. You're blindly focused on the goal. Uh, you you keep going after it, but you're not enjoying the journey. So you have this um, this framework that you're approaching everything through that says, "I'll grin and bear it through right now." That would be me on my knees uh, scrubbing the basement. Rather than just missing what that moment was about and uh, this is so weird and I know this is weird and this makes me weird But I actually started cleaning the basement in a stance that was a squat position and used it as an exercise and uh, Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. I mean a few years ago. I was like I just gotta get through this moment So what we want to do is help you in this mistake learn what it means to be centered and focused. So we talked about really being centered last time. I am here now. Now we're saying we want to help you be centered and focused so that no matter what happens, you can keep regaining motivation as you need to. So often I'll hear somebody say something like this. Uh, I'm almost to the end of of my compassion in this situation or the end of my patience. Um, or I work a lot with, uh, creatives that are like, I am blocked up. I'm at the end of my creativity. And when they tell me that it's like, good, get to the end of it. <clears throat> then what? Um, so if you're in a space where you can appreciate something that is taxing you, breaking you down sometimes it's a relationship that you're committed to and it's not necessarily abusive it's just drawing out something in you in a vulnerable weak way Uh, maybe it's something you've committed to work-wise maybe you would prefer not to be in that job right now but you're there and you feel like it is uh sucking out your soul so what you've done is you've made it past the stage where there's no more bravado there's no more energy from hype you've you've lost that um I was meeting with somebody uh, recently who is in a moment where they had a lot of pressure and commitment on them, and that's all gone, and they're having a hard time finding something so that they can start building momentum again in their life, whether it's their, their fitness, their diet, what it means for them to get to the edge of their abilities as a leader, and they've lost motivation. Why? Uh, one author described the stages we go through like this we start out with wonder oh this is going to be amazing i remember when i started out with sight shift it was a sense of wonder and then bravado let's go do this uh, i've had i've faced this reality multiple times in starting different things wonder bravado then disillusionment it's not going like i thought it would and i feel lost in this moment i feel lost in what's happening um, it's possible that you, depending on your chemical, the wiring of your brain, if you suffer with uh, maybe moderate depression, you're going to have severe depression in this season. Uh, or, or if you don't, you may have mild depression in this season. You just have trouble getting up. Um, you know, you just have trouble getting going in the morning. I know what that's like to be in a place where I have energy and I'm naturally waking up at like 545 and when I can't wake up at 730 a.m., You know, I know both of those realities when I'm in this space where the disillusionment hits. And you start to go, okay, it's going to get better. And frankly, for most people, it gets worse. The shattering follows that. And so uh, wonder, bravado, that's the hype, the machismo, then the disillusionment, then the shattering. And then you break through to this stage where you regain new motivation. You don't, you give up trying to find the old motivation because it's not there anymore. Um, so for a lot of people, what they're doing is in the disillusionment and in the shattering, they're having to face the reality of their desires in a way that they probably haven't before. And this is how you regain motivation. So when my kids, uh, played softball, I had to do rotation in the snack shack. It was like you had to do your duty as a parent and it got divvied up. So everybody had like a weekend. They took the snack shack throughout the season. And the crazy part about this is at no point have I ever woken up and said, I want to work a snack shack at a youth softball tournament or league. Like, Brett, that's never been something I've been excited to do. I've never woke up with that as an aspiration. I've never put that on a goal list. I've never said, could I, would I, maybe one day that would be so great. Um, And yet here I am doing it. Why? Because it's what you got to do. It's your obligation. It's your duty. You should do it because it's what the parents have to do. Well, here's the thing. When I am serving that lukewarm hot dog... I mean, am I putting heart and soul into how that ketchup and mustard goes on there? No, because I'm peeking my head around the corner trying to see if my daughter's up to bat. All I care about is you getting out of my face so that I can see what's happening on the field. That's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And
1: so often, hot dogs with love,
0: hot dogs with love, exactly. (laughs) So often for people, what's happening in the moment of disillusionment and shattering is they get to start escaping the should. You know, we're all faced with these pressures around us all the time that tell us these are the jobs we should have. Uh, This is the career that we should focus on. This is what we should try to do to please our parents. You know, my dad would be happier with me if I did this job. You know, everything that we find as narratives that are building in our lives so often aren't built around the story that we're saying, I want this to be true. It's a story that we're saying, You know, blindly, this is what I felt pressure to do. And so for me, what I'm trying to do in my life, I'm trying to help others with, is in this moment where motivation is lost, don't try to regain motivation for what you did yesterday and how you did it. Maybe you do have to repeat some things that you're not really excited to do. Maybe there's going to be some things that need to be done that you're not really super passionate about. But as you move away from more and more of the snack shacks in your life, you get to get or you get to gain an awareness and understanding of who you are, what your story is, so that the desires that have been buried under all the shoulds start to surface. And so I'm in this career and I should do it. I have $200,000 of school debt. Yeah, but you're miserable. And you're in a space where you're not motivated to move your career to the offense, get to the edge of your abilities and have a blast. You're playing defense because uh, you're focused on this career, but you've lost the center of desire or joy. Um, When I was uh, in college, I was playing golf with some buddies and we were... uh, We were coming around, you know, I think it was like hole seven or something. There was a person's backyard with a fence that went up against the golf course. And I hit a ball over into their yard, of course. It's college. That ball is worth like a Taco Bell mill. So (laughs) I'm going to get it. So I pull my cart up to the edge of the fence. And there's a tree stump there. And I get on the tree stump. And I launch myself off of the tree stump to try to clear the fence. Uh, and it was high enough. I mean, I could clear it uh, um, in college. And the stump caved in right when I put the weight of my body on my feet. But I had already committed to go over. So my head went over the fence, and my shins just scraped down. Uh, you know, I got this skin Ouch. graffiti going on. I'm laying on the ground, looking up at the sky, and I can only hear one noise. All of my buddies falling out with laughter, (laughs) racking up, and I am feeling like such a fool. And that got even heightened when one of my buddies walked over. And without even, like, making a big deal, just to be sarcastic and funny, uh, walked right up, walked down the fence opened the freaking oh, gate no. <laughs> and came in and got the ball. And, uh, dude, it was so funny. And, and, you know, I think back to that moment and in my life, for sure, I've seen this with others. We try to launch off of something that's based on a should, and eventually it just caves in. Um, we don't even know sometimes what's driving us. And so, you know, going back to that third mistake, not only are we not here now, uh, we get focused on what we 're doing, and we say i 'm going to ambitiously pursue this goal i'm going to have this career you know as an attorney, but we 're miserable on the inside because we 've lost center. So I just want to check in with you right now uh, this problem you see this it's huge, right?
1: yeah, for sure um, the the whole concept of regaining motivation is, uh, it's just a pivotal point for, I know for me, and I'm sure for plenty of people is at some point, how many times do you say, well, I just, I don't have the motivation to do this anymore. Or, uh, you know, you're burnt out on something you're worn out. Um, I marvel at people who'd, who've done careers for 20 plus years or something. I'm thinking after three years, it's time for a change, but this idea of regaining a new motivation to to keep propelling you forward, um, to keep tackling a new um, new project or, or the next step on the journey, um, that's a huge. If if you can capture that um, that idea or that awareness, propels you um, so far forward. I'm really triggered on this uh, this the word should, and I've trained myself recently to, to any time I use the word should, whether I'm talking to someone else or I'm talking to myself, um, that I stop mid-sentence as soon as I hear a word should and I ask myself, okay, why, you know, you should do this. Well, why? Who says that? Uh, who says I should do it? What's the point? What's the reason? Because um, it is such a, it's like a shame-based word, I think, that um, that's, that's kind of used to build false motives.
0: Yeah. Well, that f-
1: anytime I use should, that I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to test the motivation, understand why or challenge it.
0: Well, because that should is going to wear off. And <laughs> what for a lot of people they don't know is uh, how much that should can even be unspoken. It is the gentle nudging pressure, uh, unspoken demands of our cultural heritage, our family systems, and they've blocked up. Our story—they've blocked us from being uh, up, from being who we are, and living out of that center, that core, being focused on what we're doing. And so, what I'm trying to do first and foremost is just get people to say, "Okay, I can, I can see this should." So now I can start accepting reality. I can start facing, you know, what is there, what needs to change, uh, what I want to do differently. So. A way that uh, this this is used to describe how to regain motivation is, is the word acceptance. And if we can get people, you know, if I can just do this for myself, accepting reality as it is. Uh, hey, the stump was rotten. Uh, it's done. That moment has happened. You know, I don't want to be in the snack shack. In previous uh, seasons where I've managed a number of employees, I am, I'm sickened by management in the sense because the approach to it is how can I create enough carrot stick rewards so that I can say to you, you will, um, you will do what I want you to, regardless of if, if that's your desire. I'm going to get you into a space that you're going to do the things that uh, I'm motivated for you to do. And the problem with that is this. You can't manage someone long-term past their desires. At some point, they're going to start phoning it in. There's not enough carrot stick rewards. There's not enough income advancement to capture their heart and their energy and their passions. Um, And so what I'm trying to do is say, look, when you come to the reality that uh, there is something within you that could desire, that that desire could be there more than it is right now, that that desire could rage. And if that desire were to rage, what would it look like for you in this situation right now? Would you be doing what you're doing? Uh, Would you keep on the path that you're on? Would you make a change? And so if there's a chance... That there's something within you that is not being tapped out. If there's something within you that you think is being left, uh, you know, on the field, so to speak, um, you owe it to yourself to figure that out. To try to say, look, I'm I'm not going to force it. I don't have to try to make magic happen. But I want to get down underneath, you know, what could be blocking me from being who I want to be, what I want to do. I mean, people make crazy radical changes in their lives. We can think of plenty of people that have not made any changes, but we can also think of a handful of people that just seem to grow by leaps and bounds. They're so different than they were, uh, you know, a year ago, a decade ago. Why can't we look at their life and say, I want to be like that? I want to be my own person, but I want to see that kind of crazy change. And so what I'm trying to say to people is it's not going to come through you forcing something that you don't want to be there. Uh, And at some point when you go, I will give up getting distracted by money, sex, and power. I mean, those are the three big ones. Uh, The biological drives, uh, the power that makes me feel validated for who I am. Uh, the money that I think will fix my problems. Once you have those, and you find that they are not enough, here's what you will understand that you need. And Dan Pink did a book, uh, wrote a book called Drive, where he did a, you know, he wrote on a study that said here's the three things that we need in regards to our work: meaning, mastery, autonomy. We want autonomy, we want to be empowered uh, to go after the things that we want to do. We want mastery, we want to get to the edge of our abilities and we want to do something with meaning. And so management when it tries to subvert that, it's taking people out of their desires. And what's funny is so much of systems that cause us to be afraid, that we've got to go do this certain thing, try to manage us past our desires. So let's wake those up. Let's get honest about what's happening. And then we can face, ah, something needs to change.
1: Yeah, Chris, from a from a leadership perspective, um, you're talking about you know going back to this idea of like Putting the little carrots out there along the way, um, and that just wearing off. Like you're asking, you're asking a lot of patience out of leaders, um, but sometimes we don't always have an infinite amount of time to wait. Um, like so, where do we like? And I guess where you draw the line, or how do you balance that of like when to push in short bursts and when to just wait for and kind of groom. Or, you know draw out the, de- the true desires of uh, the people you're leading
0: yeah that's a great question I mean it's like as well first line let me say this if you're leading and you're not empowering and you're not helping people become who they are it's abusive and you're wasting your influence so the point of leadership is to empower others to figure out who they are and the contribution they desire to make um And so this goes back to that autonomy mastery purpose. If those aren't there, then we try to substitute to get endorphins from the money power sex. Uh, Nothing wrong with money power sex. I'm a fan of those three. (laughs) But there's got to be something deeper and and more true. Most people will not succeed at directing their life over carrot stick rewards. They're going to be distracted unless they have a guide. Most people won't do their job or mission at a high level um, unless there's a fear of punishment without a guide. Most will miss the big picture view to find meaning in the relational value of their work, their purpose, without a guide. They're, they're going to stay stuck trying to get. And they're never going to come to that reality that they're more than their net worth, their insecure need for validation, you know, power, and their biological, tri- biological drives. So what they need is... A healthy, safe, visionary guide or leader to help them transcend basic drives, the threat of power, the golden handcuffs, the true empowering leader is going to help them find who they really are so that they can live from a secure core, focusing their energy on what they want, their desires, not the pressure of others. That's that's empowering others. The motive for leadership that's good is empowering others. Um, and so it's possible in leadership to be a visionary leader, but not an empowering safe leader. Uh, so empowering leaders will help you find your vision. Unsafe leaders will make you fit their vision. So we're just going to acknowledge that results can happen with unsafe leaders. Um, but whether it's parenting, whether it's the large corporation and everything in between, if you're not, uh, letting the desires come to surface, and if you're not developing systems and structures for, for those desires to surface, you short-circuit the development of that person and their potential. Um, so you can berate the athlete and tell them, you should care about this game. Get your head in this game. But until they want it, like fire in their bones, they stoke it, it's going to depend on the person that's over them motivating them. And it is such a liberating reality for an empowering leader to say, I'm not responsible for your motivation. I will motivate you because I love to give energy and I'm going to give energy and I'm going to help motivate you, but I'm not responsible for your motivation. You are. And so I don't, you know, it's messy. There's not a clean answer for everyone, but there has to be a focus and a trajectory that says we want uh, the individuals to start owning the process of developing their own motivation more than anything else. Uh, And then we can know that the results will take care of themselves. This takes a long form view and not all jobs are are suited for this. Um, Not all work this way. Not all want to invest this time and energy. And so we're definitely shooting for the ideal. But the ideal is much more possible in... Uh, everything from a person who values his employees at McDonald's to, you know, um, high-end athletes, leadership development companies, and everything in between. If we can grab a hold of this reality that uh, no other human being is responsible to motivate you, you've got to find it within yourself.
1: I want to pick at uh, one, just one, I phrase you used about. Um Letting your your desires uh, surface to what um, you know, what contribution you want to make. Um, again, from a leadership perspective, say I hired you to do this specific job or fill this specific role. Now, as I'm like leading you through a place of um, understanding who you are and what you know, what your desires are, and what you want to contribute. If those start veering off of the role I hired you to do well that's kind of counterproductive to what i've set up our organization to accomplish just from an athletic standpoint if i hired you to um be a defensive stopper but your desire is to be our leading scorer but we don't need you to be our leading scorer well now we've got issues um amongst the productivity of our team does that make sense
0: totally um So you got a bunch of things going on here. One is, uh, if their desire matches up with reality, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll come back to that. Uh, That's huge. Like I want to be the leading score scorer. Yet you play defense like a beast. Um, You know, so you have to you have to build in the systems and structures that figure this out as much as you can on the front end uh through you know the more you're aware as a leader the more you make hires that are aware or team advancements or team decisions so you get those team decisions in place you get people that have a growth trajectory like you do uh you're going to see hungry, rabid growth where it's like, oh, yeah, this isn't working. I need to go over here. I need to change this. I need to try this. Um, So there's an experimentation that happens. But hopefully you're decreasing that risk somewhat. Um, But yeah, so if the vision is we're going to head here and that's not who you are, then you're self-selecting yourself. You're self-selecting out of the team. You're going to be off the team. So if I'm talking to the person that's leading, I'm saying you've got to make a change. If I'm talking to the person that the change is going to be made to, I'm going to say you got to play poker. Show up fully engaged. Do all you can to bring everything you have. Give them no reason to to force you out. While you are very quickly trying to figure out where's that place that you can make the greatest contribution. Um, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, but the bigger issue, uh, then that's an issue for sure. The bigger issue is, you know, um, I want to be a clothing model. And what if I called you one day, Brett, I was like, dude, I want to be a clothing model. Everything else in my life doesn't matter. This is what I'm passionate about. You would be like, Chris, you're like six one you're pretty you're you're kind of you know too skinny to be a model and uh, let's talk about your hair your long flowing locks
1: <laughs> or lack thereof
0: <laughs> or lack thereof uh, you know whatever you know you got to get some some work, some dental work I mean, it's like I could wish that I'm going to go play the NFL, it ain't going to happen. So part of regaining motivation, um, when you get to the actual implementation, it's acceptance. Change, growth, transformation, regaining motivation, all comes out of that, whatever you want to call it. It's macro-micro. So the macro of change, of regaining your motivation, is when you have these moments that open up your vision for who you are. You see as you haven't seen before. You're like, I can do that. Uh, I can make this contribution. I can be seen. I can be heard. I can be felt. The micro is changes that are integrated into everyday moments, how you respond to others, where you spend your time and energy, how you see others. And no process of change... To regain motivation can be initiated in your life through any path, other than learning to accept things as they are and where they are, and this is opposite of what we want to do. We want to we want to run from the moment. We don't want to lean into it. We want to say, um, "I'm not going to allow myself to pay attention to this as is." A uh, simple analogy would be, you know, we had to move and we weren't planning on making a move, and so. I didn't have everything prepared for that, and, uh, you know, we're moving our grill, and it's like this 10-year-old Weber grill, and just moving it three steps down the deck, it, it caved in, and it had just rot, you know, it was rotten. And so I hadn't replaced our grill yet. Uh, I don't have our backyard where we moved anything like I want it to be, and I'm focused on what I'm doing with Sight Shift right now, and I can't really make the backyard the space that I want it to be which is a chill zone uh so you know everything about what i would love for it to be it's not even one percent there uh not even i mean half a percent so you know no grill no furniture back there yet we had to make the move happen and now i'm you know focused on site shift so do i go i'm not going to go out there and relax because it's not like i want it to be or hype myself into, oh, this backyard's amazing. It's just perfect. I love it so much. It's so refueling. you know. And you see both of these extremes in natural wiring of how temperaments develop. One that's going to be just really negative, this victim mentality that says, oh, we... You know, we weren't planning on having to move. We had to move. This is so awful and I can't believe this happened to me. And life is just harder than it should be. It's not fair. Look at what my neighbors have in their backyard. Um, I'm going to go steal one of their grills. (laughs) Uh, You know, or there's the hype mentality that like you go out there and you pretend that it's something that it isn't. And so you can't face reality and you can't process where you're at. And what happens when that's the space that you're in? You cannot accept things as they are. And that's why we're saying that we're centered. We want to be centered and focused. Because if we're centered and focused, we're going to be able to regain motivation. And we're not going to keep making that mistake of being blindly focused on the goal and not enjoying getting there. So I can't enjoy it until the yard's finished. No, I can enjoy it right where it is at this moment and also know that I want to grow it. I can feel both emotions at the same time. Both are true. Um, so for people that are leading something, you were asking about, you know, the player earlier in that situation. Don't force it. Don't push people in. Pull them in. through an engaging story. Get them hungry to hear. Uh, if you have nothing to prove, you don't have to say it all. You're not, You're not... You know, responsible for their motivation. You get to just ask questions. You get to search your motives by saying, okay, what am I trying to get from this? And how can I see my present problems as a gift to know who I am apart from my problems, to face reality, to take creative action, to develop perseverance, uh, and just stay focused on being the best me and giving my best not being or doing the best right now where I am. So, you know, my company may not look like I want it to. If I'm blindly focused on the goal, then I can't enjoy this moment as it is. Um, if I lose moment, lose focus of the future vision, I could lose that edge. So what does it mean to be, you know, future focused and present engaged that tension? If I can have a foot in both of those worlds, uh, Then I live with this, you know, approach that says I've not arrived and I never will. There's always more I can accomplish. I'm going to study those who are doing it better than me. There's somebody who wants what I'm taking for granted. uh, But I am going to enjoy every bit of this moment for what it is the best I can through accepting it. To be stuck uh, is to stay with things as they are, where they are, and to not know That something is broken. Okay. So no process of change can be initiated in your life through any other path other than accepting things as they are, where they are, and to acknowledge what's broken. To be unstuck is to face that reality before you know how you'll change. I don't know how we're going to get the backyard finished. I don't know how we'll get the company to the place uh, that I want it to be. All I know is that something will change By the next step, I take. Uh, So we recently had, um, like we said at the beginning, you know, my basement flooded. And it's just been six months of accessing grit and perseverance in a way that I would have never imagined. And I come down the stairs and I find that our basement's flooded and my feet are sloshing through water. And I felt uh, just a hot tear flash into my eye. I'm walking in circles around the basement. I just feel lost. And I'm like, I don't have energy for this. And you know what? I didn't, but I had energy to pick up that one toy and move it. And then I just picked up that next toy and moved it. A couple hours later, I'm hoisting carpet through the basement window. Um, you know, and, and that's Herculean strength doesn't change things. It's not hyping your way into it. It's saying life is more 10,000 choices that take me somewhere. And I'm going to make that small choice right now in this moment to be future-focused, to have this vision, present, engaged, and I'm going to find where the weak points are. I'm not going to run from them. You know, I'm going to just breathe in. It's okay that I'm like this, and it's okay that I'm in this place. That's the beginning point of change. Pressuring yourself isn't effective long-term, um, but I'm going to move forward. But it, 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 how you move forward is so key. Self-acceptance is crucial, so in your pursuit of change, you're not running from who you really are. Fear-based change is just another prison. You can say this, it's okay that I'm like this. It's not okay for me to stay in this situation. Now you've separated personhood and performance. And this reality of learning to accept things as they are sets us up to feel this moment, to find it in its beauty, that I could even celebrate the mini goal of getting a chair on the back patio that I can sit and watch the sunset. Um, The next mini goal is to have time to sit out there and watch the sunset. (laughs) Uh, Post, you know, this project right now that we're working on. Um, And that'll feel amazing. And I anticipate to feel that in a couple weeks. But for now, I am where I am. And I could lose motivation today and I do not have to find yesterday's motivation. I'll find it again in a new way. Um, so I'm going to come back to that idea of self-acceptance and say to lean in to where you're at and to pay attention to it is the clue and the signal and the wake-up call after you get awareness of the fear. So this goes back to that you know, second mistake. Once you figure out the fear that's driving you, lean into it don't run from it feel its hot breath on your neck and start to figure out how it's shaped all of these shoulds in your life strip those away get to the desires let those desires surface accept things as they are and go I'll find this moment right now with a mini goal Um, yeah Uh, is it making sense?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling the tension of of these two extremes of, you know, it's okay that I'm this way. It's not okay for me to stay in this situation or, um, you know, accepting where you are now um, but not staying, staying in that place. Like, living in this tent, I just want to go to – I just naturally feel like I want to go to one extreme or the other. Like, I'm fine this way forever or – this is terrible. I know I'm in a bad situation. You know, it's, I'm just, as you're talking and and explaining it, I'm really feeling the tension of the two and my natural inclination wants to move to one extreme or the other. I think it feels like it's going to take some willpower um, to not allow myself to drift one way or the other.
0: Well, I think that here's, here's the way that it's not just based on willpower. First, get the future vision and we're not talking about like the future vision in just a simplistic way of saying i want company to have this xyz business in the future i want to achieve this athletic accomplishment uh i want to get this significant milestone in my career i want to have this relationship locked down i want to make that happen uh it's it's bigger than that when i say a future vision I'm talking about determining with clarity who you want to become. So I'm not that motivated by, you know, trying to figure out uh, specific, you know, goals that I want to have in my mission, what I do, or my community, my relationships, the party I'm building. The deepest intrinsic motivation you'll find is when you can tap into who you want to be, you know, who are you becoming? I hate that saying that says, you know, what you shake, when you shake a cup, what comes out, that's what life does to you. It's the hardships of life. You know, they show you who you are. No, how you respond to the hardships shapes you. It's who you're becoming and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. You know, um, the other day, or just about two weeks ago, I felt tense with one of my kids and, uh, I said to her, hey, when you said that, you made me feel like shit. Uh, And it was just a weak, vulnerable moment. And it really wasn't about what she said. It was about the 17 things that happened before that. And I saw the hurt in her eyes. And I came back around and apologized, um, you know, sometime later that day. And I just said, hey, two things were messed up about that moment. One, I made you responsible for how I felt. That was off. Shouldn't have done that. Um, two, I exposed you to the intensity of my emotion in its fullness. I didn't buffer some of that. And so I want to come back to that moment with you and say, uh, I wish that that would have been handled different. That wasn't fair to you. And so I was able to repair the tear and make things right. Well, here's what allows me to leave that moment and not be suffocated in guilt, you know, I did bad, not be suffocated in shame that diminishes and deteriorates who I am. I am bad. I'm just going to go, no. I made a mistake on the journey to become a parent who enjoys a lifelong adult relationship with his kids. Um, And I can repair that by coming back around and apologizing with precision for what happened, why I was afraid. And I told her, you know, it, was, it wasn't you. It was the 6, 7, 17 other things that happened before you uh, this day. And I want you to know that that happened. Now, here's where that comes from. Uh, and this is something that, you know, I've challenged people to do in a program that we have. It's added a lot of value to my life. Write an ending for your life. Like, don't just drift there. And some would say this is morbid. It's very motivating for me and a lot of people I've talked to. So if you track with it, try this. Think of the three things you want to be. You know, at at your funeral, they're standing around with a memory board looking at the pictures. However that looks like, technologically speaking. Uh, And they're looking back. What's it look like for friends to look back? Family members to look back? uh, People you work with to look back? And... And then write a story for what they look back when they see that picture. Make it real. Make it visceral. You know, I have one that I wrote for my kids, and I want to be present. You know, that's who I want to head towards becoming. And with our company, I want us to be generous. And with the team that makes the company happen, I want us to be adventurous. And it's a part of uh, who I am, and it's the full, unobstructed expression of me in those arenas. But because I wrote those stories out and I made them visceral, my brain organizes around them. So I have a future vision that calls me to engage the present moment. And that's the crazy tension of this, um, that you can, you know, your brain does want, um, or I would say it this way, your brain wants the easy way out, false causality, one or the other but it's pulled into the tension and it wakes it up when there is cognitive dissonance, if you will, uh, because it wants to work to relieve that dissonance. Well, I'm not going to relieve that dissonance. I'm going to say that I want to be centered, present, engaged in the moment, mindful, here now, but I want to be focused and I want to head towards that future vision. Um, And I don't want to be so future oriented that I'm rigid and I, I, I'm i a jerk to be around because I can't relax and enjoy this moment. And I don't want to be in... I want to be fully in the moment. I don't want to be fully in the moment without that guiding light of who I'm trying to become. Not the soap opera series, Guiding Light, but the right and <laughs> Um So that's how I'm training my brain to do that. And all of these experiences where I call out my own BS, where I follow a feeling, I had an experience a couple uh, days ago where I followed a feeling and did something that I didn't even think about that reflected the value of what I want our company to have generosity. Um, that I went, Oh my gosh, that just came out. It just came out of who I am whoa that's so cool because I have written that new ending and then as I head towards that new ending my brain is being trained with that new baseline around that reality
1: a, a lot of what we're talking about is um, seems really focused on like the individual or the person and you know this idea of becoming more human um, would you would you suggest these same Goal-setting ideas for corporately, you kind of just touched on it there with, with the idea of generosity, um, but would you would you recommend um, someone writing the ending of their story for the company to say, hey, this is what I want our, our company things to look like, and now our goals are more like being generous, uh, being kind, being good stewards, or whatever the three are, rather than most profitable um you know hitting these specific benchmarks number one in categories or something like that does that make sense
0: yeah i mean i don't even think they have to it's bad to say we want to yield as much profit as possible for that to be one of the things um you know for me when i moved into geographically independent income it was an amazing feeling uh when i started doing work you know, closes a deal that was two weeks of work, that was four months of pay a few years ago. Um, that re- that felt really good. At the same time, it wasn't the center point. It wasn't defining who I am. And so, I, I think it's honest to say that's aspirational and still there. So that for a company to have three things, that might be part of it. Um, it it's more about the the movement towards a long-term, long-term view. So there are people right now that, you know, if they do what we're talking about with this, they will get fired and their company will crash and burn because it's so connected to the, the wall street cycle of the short term. You gotta, what are those numbers? You gotta hit those numbers. Most, most people, um, that are in, some kind of influential space where they can really get into the inner workings of the company and set the vision uh, that aren't in these fortune, you know, 1,000 companies or whatever uh, can say, hey, what's it look like to not be a victim of short-term thinking but take that long-form view? Because then here's what you're doing. You're not acting insecure as a company. You're not going to market and brand in a way that's invalidating and needy and pushes people away. All of this that applies to the individual, heck yes, also applies to the organization. What's it look like for an organization to live secure from who they are, to not be unknowingly driven by fear, to not be internally distracted, you know, because the office politics or the bureaucracy, the layers of organization, Uh, what's it look like for them to not just be, you know, focused on where they're headed, but centered and focused learning to constantly regain motivation. So they're resilient. Uh, They're not fragile. They see a moment and it becomes something that grows them rather than crushes them. Uh, And again, it doesn't mean that we can't accept reality and acknowledge a moment sucks and that we process that and we fully accept it as it is and we let go of all of the dead motivation. We can't hype it up. We can't prop it up. But when we let go of it, the new motivation comes. We find a new expression of who we are. This is how exciting new chapters begin. And there are people in this world that are willing to let go of those old motivations, stand in the dark middle before there's something new to grab a hold of. And those are the people that grow. And I want to be one of those, and I know you want to be one of those. And if some way we can inspire people to do that, we're not responsible for their inspiration, but we can say to them, find one moment in one category that you can celebrate and go, this is beautiful that this happened. And I'm present, engaged. I feel it. But I'm future focused. So I can focus on winning uh, this divisional playoff and this game in the divisional playoffs. And I'm going to feel that good feeling. But I'm also going to know I'm not done yet. I'm going to go for the big prize. Um, You know, I am going to enjoy the fact that, you know, we had our biggest month yet. Or that this month tripled last month. But I'm just getting started. That's a personal story for me right now Um, for, you know, that would connect with startups or CEOs or founders Um, and maybe for those in a profession that started out and they wanted to help people and they just got lost in the school debt and all the systems uh, and kind of the monotony of some of the work that they're able to let go of that motivation and go, you know what, I'm tired. I am I am done with this as it exists now and that might mean i'm done being a doctor i'm done being a lawyer uh, i'm done being an accountant and that's okay to admit that and that's going to help me find the motivation i need to successfully navigate this transition to keep getting a paycheck as i build what's next or as i wait for a renewed motivation to hit me in this job right now because, uh, that happens too. And you don't have to buy a, you know, convertible Corvette for that to happen. Um, fine. If you want to get that, if it helps you cool, if that purchase helps you feel a feeling of being present and doesn't diminish who you are and erode who you are, do it for a lot of people. They'll buy it and go, ah, it didn't really work. It didn't do the thing. I thought it would do the thing, but it didn't do the thing because it didn't actually make you more whole. So find that, you know, that space that you carve out. I had accomplished a big school goal, and I'd stop and get this favorite ice cream, you know, and uh, I did it a few times as a way of going, I am celebrating, and this uh, donut that I loved. (laughs) I know that's weird. I mean, everybody finds different things to do it with. Um... But I'm gonna I'm gonna build those in, celebrate those little mini goals.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm connecting with this. Cool. I'm realizing, um, just in the past year, I'm recalling like hard days or hard weeks where it felt like we piled up losses, and I was just it's like, let's find something to celebrate. Like, let's find one small win that we can celebrate. Um, you know, and maybe you know we lost eight times that day and whatever we were working on but we won once mm-hmm. it's like let's celebrate that win to kind of some kind of generate mo- mo- uh, momentum or um turn the tide or just keep us going you know so i laugh it at, at baseball sometimes because it feels like they pop champagne bottles for every every like whatever you know you clinch a playoff berth and then you win the division and then you win the Conf- world Series birth, and then you win the world. Like they're celebrating, you know, eight different times throughout the year. But um, sometimes it's not a bad thing. Just find find a moment to celebrate and uh, to try and build some momentum to to keep you going forward.
0: Yeah, man. You know, I did that educationally in a sad way. I remember getting done with college, being like, Nah, not done yet." Uh, same thing with masters. Eh, nah, not done yet. And I know, you know, I just didn't enjoy it for what it was. It was just too driven. And there have been plenty of things that I've lost moments like that in. The whole phrase this mistake came from was from a friend telling me one time you're focused, but you're not centered. And it sparked a desire. Um, No, I don't want to be that way anymore. I want to be centered and focused. So, how can I, and this is the wording that it's come to be for me, how can I be present, engaged? And future focused. I have the vision. I want to go after it. I want to know who I want to become. There's some goals. Um, you know, I want to be an agile grandfather. I want to be able to move around. I have three kids, and um, I want to have I want to have a high level of functional physical fitness, um, and that shapes some choices that I make. And those are. Are not choices that take or, or rob me of life. They give me life now because it feels amazing and it's gonna feel amazing then too. Um, you know, self control, because that's kind of what we're talking about here. It's not this dirty word to be afraid of, it's just marshaling our energies. Um, our energy is not in abundant supply and we do have more of it than we realize, but we wanna regain that motivation when we lose it. And, and harness it in, you know, we want to be laser focused, but not rigid in that, not, uh, you know, losing our ability to relax and on a date with my wife, get some donuts <laughs> <clears throat> and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. So I think for me, it's looking at everything that's happened and saying, if I miss out on this moment and I'm not looking to the future, I'm not being, you know, who I want to be. And I'm selling myself short and I'm not living out of those desires. Dude, any thoughts or it's... questions? Go ahead.
1: No, I feel, I'm just feeling really good about this. Um, just while we're talking I like want to hang up and go write down three things who I want to be when I die <laughs> um, but just feel really uh, really good about a tool to to keep going and to keep, to keep moving forward and keep climbing
0: props man And maybe if we jump off some rotten stumps we'll have some friends come laugh at us to wake us up because <laughs> we've right. all jumped off of them but we know that uh, we'll get back up find where that gate is and keep going I love it. Dude, awesome. Dude, thanks for being along again. Uh, and everybody, thanks for listening in. Brett and I are signing off. Say in peace. Uh, be centered. Be focused.
1: Until next time. Yeah.
0: This has been The Sight Shift, the lead podcast with Chris McAllister. Thank you for listening.